Welcome to Mount Isa Birth Stories. This is a podcast for women who have birthed in Mount Isa to share their stories. We hope these conversations can help our fellow pregnant sisters feel more prepared for their birthing time. If you would like to share yours, please contact us on social media at Mount Isa Birth Stories. There is strictly no naming of our local nurses, midwives and doctors. Please note nothing in these episodes is to be taken as medical advice. Please see your healthcare provider if you have any medical concerns. Enjoy the episode. In this episode, we have Dr. Erin Bao, clinical and perinatal psychologist specializing in birth trauma. Dr. Bao shares a wealth of information with us. She runs the podcast Birth Trauma Training for Birth Workers and has a website bursting at the seams with fascinating information and resources. She has an ebook, a birth trauma training course, and offers coaching and debriefing for people working in the birth space. For some, the aftermath of giving birth can have you feeling shaken and scared. For a lot of people who work in birthing spaces and witness birth, they can feel like they are utterly drowning in the darkness when it comes to witnessing trauma and being unable to process it. This powerhouse of a woman offers a guiding light. It was an absolute honor to talk to Dr. Bao. Please enjoy. So today we've got Dr. Bao, um, being very generous with her time to um, shed some light on birth trauma with the women here in Mount Isa. So thank you so much. Thank you. Lovely, Um, lovely to talk to you. Oh, thank you for accepting my invitation. I was stoked. So, Um, and you've got your own podcast and that's how I discovered you just typing in birth in the podcast search bar. And I seen the title of your podcast, which is birth trauma training for birth workers. And I was like, Oh my God, (laughs) this is so accessible. And it's, amazing so thank you so much for putting that out there for everybody oh my pleasure and it's so nice to actually talk to someone because podcasting is a lot of sitting in a room talking to yourself and not actually knowing who's listening yeah are they responding do they like it so this is lovely yeah no it's awesome well yeah and I've always like screenshot ones and put them on my little Instagram I'm like listen to this like it's amazing so it's one of the really good ones out there I think Um, Yeah. So I'm at an age, like a reproductive age, you could say, and all my friends, my peers are all having babies. And I would like, I go to the playground. Most of the people there are mums that have had kids having them. Um, And I would say it's unusual to have a mother, like to talk to a friend that hasn't had postnatal depression or Mm. a current diagnosis of it. And then I hear like just glimpses of their birth story and how they're talking about it. And I always wondered to myself, like how much did that birth play into their mental state in the postpartum? And yeah. And I just, I always think that, and then you go online and if there's ever an article about birth trauma, just the complete lack of understanding from society and almost, you know, it's just like this hatred towards women who would even dare complain that were traumatized by their birth and yeah, it's a real sticky kind of subject. And that's why I really would love for you to shed some light on it all for us. Mm, yeah, you're so right. Because I mean, I think even in, this is the thing that always like strikes me. So we have this, I suppose, conundrum, <laughs> yeah. we want to yeah. call it, where people who are experts in trauma mm-hmm. typically don't actually know a lot about births and babies and postpartum. And even a really amazing psychiatrist, psychologist, someone like that, mm-hmm. maybe didn't even really barely cover postpartum stuff in their training. And I think a lot of people don't realise that to be someone who's 
helpful in that area. You don't necessarily have to have been through it yourself, but geez, it helps. Like, yeah, geez, yeah. It helps. But also you need to be interested in it. This is something that someone needs to go, hmm, that's something I'm interested in. Let me go and do some more study. So I think, I, you know, I've seen over and over and over this thing where someone goes to get help, maybe if they're at that point, which is often way down the track for people, but they maybe see someone and they're not looking for trauma because nobody in their training said, hey, birth trauma is a thing. They maybe know about trauma and they know Mm -hmm. about PTSD and they know about postnatal depression, but they forget that birth can actually be, I mean, we acknowledge like life changing the experience, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's left off every single infographic, every single little piece of tidbit information about trauma and then you've got people in birth who know heaps about birth and babies and pregnancy and all that sort of stuff and they're like oh I didn't get any of this in my midwife training yeah oh Mm -hmm. I didn't get any of this in my OB training and it's something Mm -hmm. that I think the ego gets in the way a bit and we kind of don't want to go oh hey hang on I actually don't really know anything about that yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely hard yeah it's really really hard to get people to a point where we're like all right let's just shift everything and go you don't have to be an expert in everything nobody's asking you to be an expert in everything but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of assumption that goes Mm -hmm. on I think yeah and I can imagine just even being aware that birth trauma is a thing would make you a more safe competent practitioner as well when you're working in a birthing space like just being aware of the consequences of some of the things that can happen or how you treat a woman um, can have like being aware of that makes you safer as well. Totally. Totally. And I think for people remembering that it might not be the birth itself from the outsider looking in and going, Oh, that was traumatic or scary or crap or shit or whatever people Mm -hmm. words they want to use. You don't know somebody else's story and you don't know Typically, unless they tell you, I mean, even if they do tell you, it might have been something that is in the way that someone spoke to someone, a smell, Mm -hmm. a colour, a light, a touch. There's so many things that can just catapult people who are already Mm -hmm. in that super vulnerable, suggestible state. Mm -hmm. It's like a different level of consciousness, I think. And I think within that different level of consciousness, things get activated, triggered that you maybe can't say oh hey this is the thing that's upsetting to me because this is the thing about trauma right Mm -hmm. if people could talk about it Mm. that would be like that's that's the easy bit it's so much more complicated than that so it's often not just in that incident that birth that event that as an outsider is looking in and going oh I don't doesn't really seem you know insert whatever Mm -hmm. your view yeah. is that's not your reality it's someone else's reality yeah we always say mm-hmm. a birth is traumatic if someone says it is yeah yeah I think there is that assumption if you've had an unmedicated hospital birth or unmedicated whatever birth you must you're just like some kind of unicorn and you're not affected by anything that happened and it's just dismissed that you could ever have trauma even if it was you know in the in society's mind a natural birth like <clears throat> so yeah I think that's really and then um I think some people think if you have a C-section, it's always traumatic. Um, do you feel like people get confused with physical trauma to the body and mental trauma? Like people lump it all into one and assume if it was very physically traumatic, it must be mentally. Or if there's yeah. no physical trauma, then no one would be traumatised? A hundred percent. And it depends on who you talk to. But we need to remember that 
often in medicine. So anyone who's trained in a medical model or in a forensic model. So mm -hmm. police, um, anyone, you know, involved in that capacity, trauma to them means physical injury to the body. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I remember years and years and years ago, I did my, gosh, that really is years ago, I did my honours thesis in post-traumatic stress disorder. And a lot of the journals that I looked at were that were medical based, trauma was talked about as in a physical trauma to mm. the body physical injury to the body and that was I mean that was a while ago yeah. <laughs> I still don't think that's changed trauma is used to mean like oh you had an injury you had a tear you had a yeah whatever whatever and that's yeah. like only part of it it's yeah. a language thing yeah yeah do you um like do you find women who are like getting birth like being traumatized in birth uh, do they have a prior history like do all of those people have a prior history in something like traumatic or they've already got like a lingering issue there that they might not might not be aware of and then it comes out in birth or can it be people that are bopping along fine and they're traumatized is there a category of people that are more prone to being traumatized in birth there's different way to answer that my answer is always that everybody has trauma mm -hmm. every single one of us mm -hmm. has trauma it's a matter of whether you consciously put that label to it mm -hmm. and then how you stored it in your body, how you've coped with it, whether you've acknowledged it. So you can have both. Definitely mm -hmm. people who have had trauma in whatever capacity that might be, and we've all had it, like yeah. family upbringing, school, work, assaults, like there's just so mm -hmm. many different laundry lists of things you could have. Yeah. Definitely. But also, as you say, you can totally just be bopping along in life and then all of a sudden you're like, what the hell was that? Like, just what was that? Yeah. Um, just because there's so many layers to that experience and I think there is something really unique and interesting about birth being this space where you are the most open you are ever going to be, like mm -hmm. physically, mentally, spiritually, mm -hmm you're super vulnerable and yeah. I think it's like any any small thing that's mm -hmm. not you know as we say treating you like that amazing goddess that mm -hmm. you are in birth yeah. will upset that ecosystem yeah. I think a, an amazing birth is an ecosystem and that doesn't mean that things have to go perfectly mm -hmm. I've had two traumatic births myself and mm -hmm. outside of looking in on paper there were lots of elements of that that looked wonderful and amazing mm -hmm. and they were which is why it's like not this dichotomous thing it's a categorical there's little bits of this and little bits yeah. of that mm -hmm. yeah. you just don't know you can't necessarily put your finger on someone and say, ah, her. yeah you can't <laughs> flick through their chart and be like yep that that person's got birth trauma that person doesn't you could but uh, oh, okay it's yeah. Just, uh, yeah. It, yeah it's a tricky balance it's a yeah. tricky balance and i think um People, we have too many, I always say this as well, like we have too many expectations on people to be able to communicate to the care providers what would be useful information. Because yeah. if you think about um, like a previous history with something like sexual assault, mm -hmm. A, why is someone going to tell you that when yeah. they just met you? Why yeah. is it any of your business? Yeah. And as a care provider, you're like, well, this would help me do this and do this and do this and do this. And that might all be very well and good, but how do you communicate that in such a short Mm -hmm. appointment when this person doesn't know you they don't have trust and they may have thought that they've dealt with it yeah and yeah. it not be relevant that happens too so mm -hmm. just you know i think we assume go in and assume that there will mm -hmm. be something in a birth that is going to be tricky for someone just yeah. because that's 
<laughs> in general, even if it's not, even yeah. if there's no trauma in it, like, yeah. 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 And do you find sometimes even the people that I, I referred to bopping along can birth be like a massive, almost awakening for them, like shining light on maybe issues they've already got. Like, does do you feel like it maybe is a gauge sometimes like coming out of your birth, all those lessons you've learned through birth, kind of shining a light on perhaps some things you haven't dealt with, like, you know, like John, Jane Hardwick Collins kind of territory, like learning oh, lessons yes. through birth in that way. Like, and I feel like that type of thinking could be very helpful for women as well, trying to deal with trauma after the birth and figuring it all out. So much so. And a lot of my stuff is about going mm. to that growth because wherever mm -hmm. there is deep, deep, deep discomfort mm -hmm. and like, get me out of here this is the worst thing I've ever experienced in my life I just want this to be over mm -hmm. I think it's not about the like oh there's lessons to be learned in that it's the like what are you learning about yourself the strength like you know you think about I think about my own experience in going from someone who was like I'm gonna have all the drugs I'm maybe gonna have a c-section I'm so scared of pain I hate needles I hate hospitals I hate all of that yeah. to then finding my way into hypnobirthing and ending up having this five kilo bloody baby with yeah. severe shoulder dystocia. Oh, Had yeah. you said to me that I would ever be able to do that, I just would have been no. No, no, no. So the amazing strength finding that you can find in yourself. And I think even if you've had a shitty, shitty experience, there's usually something you can find and go, wow, yeah. I didn't know I could do that. And yeah. so focusing on that, the if I got through this, mm. I can get through anything. Yeah. which is tricky to do day to day. And sometimes I have to remind myself when I'm a bit stressed about something or think, oh, I can't do yeah. something. I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> got, got a massive meatloaf baby out my body. Like, yeah, yeah, I could probably do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so <laughs> And true. everyone's got their equivalent of that. It might yeah. not be anything to do with the size of the baby or how long you've pushed or any of that. But uh -huh. everybody's got their own wow. Something yeah. in that experience showed me something I didn't know existed yeah. in me. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. Even um, basic things. I was moving our house around, like moving some rooms around the other day. And I was needing to move this dining table. And it was so heavy and so hard. And I literally was like, you had four kids. Just do it. Like, you can, <laughs> I know you can do it. And I did it. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> like, those experiences helped me move the dining table. <laughs> like... It was um, funny how you can just always refer to it in the back of your head. But we forget and we're so mm. good at like um, this societal, oh, yeah, that's just, you know, everybody's done that. And we're so freaking yeah. dismissive of it. It's like, mm -hmm. no, maybe we all need like tattoos yeah. on our hands going, hey, <laughs> remember that you did this thing. Like yeah. that's not nothing. That is yeah. amazing. That's so true. Um, so is there, if you're a woman listening to this and you've just had a baby or you've had a baby a few years ago or whatever, are there particular symptoms that somebody would be experiencing or sensations that maybe suggest um, birth trauma? Like what's the difference between postnatal depression, birth trauma, how they all weave together um, and all of that type of stuff? Mm, good question because it's, it's, it gets a bit complicated. And mm. I think from that first point of, yeah, if you go to a GP or you may be talking to your midwife or someone who taught you childbirth education, like, you're not necessarily going to get a full picture of that. But the general mm -hmm. sort of general, general guide would be to remember that there's what's kind of called big T trauma and little t trauma. So a little t trauma, which you might, if you want to get really technical and you're medical, call acute stress disorder. Mm -hmm. So it means for about a month, you're pretty like shell-shocked, what the hell was that? 
don't really like thinking about it, have nightmares, sweating, avoidance, just generally feeling jumpy and not feeling good. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what happens yeah. to pretty much most people after birth. So they say about a month, I would give it a bit longer than that because you don't even know who you are for those first Mm -hmm. six weeks. It's just like, you know, it's a time bubble of, yeah, sorting out what's sleep deprivation, what's hormones, what's low mood, you haven't eaten, you're preoccupied with breastfeeding, going to the toilet. Like, I really don't think that's, unless you're looking at really, really severe, severe stuff, Mm-hmm. It's a very difficult time to be slapping anyone with a diagnosis mm-hmm. of anything. That's mm-hmm. my personal view and that's mm-hmm. how I work. Yeah. But after about six weeks ish, ish, big, big, big emphasis on the ish. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. You're starting to notice that there is a real preoccupation with the birth mm-hmm. or in the immediate after, as in you just can't stop thinking about it. You're getting those, it's like pop-ups on your computer mm-hmm. just popping up all over the time you can't stop thinking about it feeling really stressed can be things like finding that you actually don't even really like your baby that much which is a thing we don't talk about very much because it's taboo mm-hmm. but that can be a thing like this person even though you love them and you're getting to know each other like you're strangers and potentially this person was the reason for a lot of your (laughs) feeling Mm -hmm. displaced and like you've been run over by a truck and you don't know yourself and all of that so that's all pretty normal too but Mm -hmm. I guess the difference between that and something like postnatal depression is postnatal depression is much more or anxiety is much more of a general I don't feel good I'm feeling like anxious I'm feeling jumpy I'm feeling like I can't be left alone with a baby I'm feeling really low thinking about ending my life birth trauma and trauma specifically more like post-traumatic stress disorder is pretty much all tied to the birth so it's feeling like that specifically in relation to the birth or the minutes hours days after rather than just a general low mood generally feeling Mm -hmm. like I don't know what I'm doing generally feeling out of my depth if that kind of makes sense. So it's Mm -hmm. the flashbacks popping up, nightmares, not wanting to talk to anybody about it, feeling lots of shame and guilt and just like, Mm -hmm. you know, I think Mm -hmm. it's a a weird bubble to be in because everybody's focused on the baby Mm -hmm. and doesn't really want to talk to the mum about her birth and how did you find it and what do you think and Mm -hmm. do you even like this little person who's in front of you? Because nobody feels safe because you think, oh, like, you know, my baby's going to be taken away or I'm going to have to have mm. medication or there's something wrong with me. So, yeah, trauma yeah. is really, really an unpleasant place to be. And yeah. I think you generally know if you've got it because mm-hmm. it's very, very, very focused on, as I said, that event. Yeah. So rather than it being super general, like I just generally don't feel good. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. that helps. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, I guess, um, if you are experiencing something like that, but then you're aware that not many people know about birth trauma. So you're like, where do I even go? Like if the psychologist here or the midwives aren't aware or my GP is just going to diagnose me and put me on a prescription for something that maybe don't even have you, I can totally imagine how those women would just feel so trapped and not knowing where to get help. You know, it must just Mm. be a horrible space to be in. Does it also stop women from wanting to have more children as well? It just depends. Like, I think um, most people relate to that sense of, like, I still remember after my first birth going, nope, nope, (laughs) nope, nope, 
never again. Yeah. Whereas um, other people have that, you know, oxytocin high of like, oh, yep. And then it's sort of temporarily like the focus is elsewhere. And then it's not until you're home from hospital and things settle down and partner goes back to work that you're like, oh, actually. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it really depends. Sometimes, like, you know, subsequent births and pregnancies can be amazingly healing. Mm-hmm. But it's also not a prescription for like just go and have another one. That'll yeah. sort it out. It's mm-hmm. very much an individual difference. And I think, um, yeah, I don't know that someone ever is going to sit there and go, yeah, I'm 100% ready. Yeah. It's just a mm-hmm. take it as it comes. And definitely knowing that, you know, if there yeah. is another pregnancy and another birth coming, there's definitely things you can do to prepare for it. But yeah. doesn't completely prevent it. This is the other thing, right? Like birth trauma is a freaky thing that happens mm-hmm. quite often. Sometimes you can pinpoint and go, yep, because of this and because of this and because of this. But it can strike anybody. Mm-hmm. Like the most prepared, educated, chosen the birth health provider, done all the things, it can still happen. Yeah. So yeah. Mm-hmm. it's not in the event in itself and it's not a personal failing if you've had a birth that didn't go Mm-hmm. as wonderfully as like you know the huggy commercial mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. idea of what we think birth is yeah yeah wow um so with do you find there's more because what do they say now is it one in three have birth trauma and one in 10 ptsd is that the stat like how do they even get those stats but um are you finding that's pretty accurate like do you think it's growing or just more awareness is growing about it all and with that do you feel like health providers are becoming more aware of it or how do you like gauge it all in Australia right now I'd say one in three is probably pretty accurate in Mm -hmm. terms of how trauma is measured there's not really any kind of standardized Mm. way of like communicating that but I think it's a reasonable estimate Mm -hmm. um I think PTSD is maybe one in eight but then it's Mm -hmm. I, I do wonder about all the near misses, the people who went and went to see someone really good, mm-hmm. but that person gave them postnatal depression because they weren't looking for trauma. Like if you're not yes. looking for trauma, you're not going to see it. You're mm-hmm. not going to diagnose it. So yeah, it's, um, mm-hmm. it's not so, yeah, as commonly. Yeah. Diagnosed. So you're saying like people might have it, go to the GP. The GP doesn't even know the word birth trauma and is diagnosing wrong or super possible and super mm-hmm. possible. You could also go further than that. Go see a psychologist. Cause there's actually, there's not that many, psychologists in Australia who are experts in pregnancy, birth, postpartum. As I said, you need to have an interest in it. Mm -hmm. And even if you've got an interest in it, you might not necessarily connect birth with trauma. Like it's just, it's not something that's taught, I would say, very often at all. So it's it's a Mm -hmm. discovery you get to on your own. And I've often found Mm -hmm. a lot of the people I work with in that space have had their own babies and have experienced it themselves, or it's been their sister or their mum or their friend, and that's sort of how they (laughs) come to that conclusion. Um, So yeah, look, it's one of those things that this is why I'm so passionate about getting care providers and birth workers to be more aware of it yeah because you as a midwife doula childbirth educator the person that that woman that birthing person goes to mm-hmm. as someone who feels safe that's the person they're going to probably talk to and disclose to they're not going to have the thought hey i might go and see a gp i might go and see a psychologist mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. probably yeah. way down the track unless you've got someone close to you who's savvy and knows how to do that yeah. But a lot of people need to go and see a couple of different people, try a couple of different approaches just because it's not 
yeah. you know, it's getting missed, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, that yeah. trust, yeah, that trusted, having a trusted provider, hey, do you feel that continuity of care midwifery would help bring that out in women more so, like that trust and like you know a space where women can talk to their midwives if they're seeing the same person or it doesn't really yeah. matter do you feel like so that much would... yeah so mm-hmm. much I think why even, yeah you know um even in like a private system where you've maybe got access to someone for a bit longer mm-hmm. I mean if you think of or you think about like a private system in Australia so you maybe have your OB and they see you however many times they see you in the mm-hmm. nine months but then after like you've still got a handful of midwives coming in and out looking after you particularly at night time if they're casual staff and when you're in that vulnerable space you I just I mean I remember it myself you maybe meet a couple of people and you really like them and you connect to them and then like the mm-hmm. shift's over and you're like oh, yeah right, okay mm-hmm. here I go again you've got another brand new person mm-hmm. coming in and going oh and seeing that you're in tears or seeing that you're struggling and mm-hmm. Like <laughs> some yeah. people are really good at that connection with the short amount of time and their, mm-hmm. you know, resources stretched and how many babies they've got to get around and yeah. just manage. And other people, uh, I think, maybe not meaning to be, because I like to think people don't go into birth because they're assholes, mm-hmm. but just detach. They detach because they just don't have the skills yeah. or the emotional resources to connect too much to people. So they kind of yeah. just do the, you'll be right, mate. You've got mm-hmm. a healthy baby. And on mm-hmm. they go. And that's yeah. their way of coping. Yeah. yeah. And do you feel traumatized birth workers, midwives, whoever, does their own trauma play a part of that? Like, do you think as a birth worker, you can become detached, seeing trauma after trauma? And, you know, you just, does that play a part in it too? Like, just the type of work, or is it more a personality? Like, can you get bubbly, happy go lucky people into birth? And then five years later, they are the detached. <laughs> you know, I don't even want to talk to that mum because I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole again, like not mm. processing their own trauma. Yes, which is why mm. I which is wanna, what you do. <laughs> yeah, which is why I also want to get to the bubbly, excited midwives before they start, like not mm-hmm. as a way to scare them, mm-hmm. but just as a way to kind of go, all right, inevitably this is something that you're going to come up against. Mm-hmm. Knowing how you cope with your own trauma and your own shit that happens to you in life how you store it in your body what do you do with it what do you make it mean is directly going to impact how you work with other people mm-hmm. even if you think it's not going to because this is the thing that we're like oh no it's separate keep your work life mm-hmm. and your private life separate I'm like mm-hmm. there's ways to do that but when we're talking about subconscious things that you're not actually aware of and can't verbalize Mm-hmm. I always say, like, you don't know what you don't know. You actually don't know how you're showing up in that birth space unless you were to film the whole thing mm-hmm. and then watch it back and go, oh, look what you were doing with your hands. How do you, mm-hmm. like, look at what you were doing with your face. How do you think about how mum interprets that? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, I think you've probably heard me talk about this example before where I remember one of my midwives in my first birth, like, kept putting her eyebrows up, mm-hmm. like, looking at other midwives. So I'm like, all right, that's something, something's wrong. I know mm-hmm. that something's wrong. And she kept saying, oh, no, no. Like, no, 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 I know. So, you know, a birthing woman is a magical creature. Like, mm-hmm. I just think that being open and being vulnerable, you notice things in a different way. You're more hyper aware. And I mm-hmm. think, yeah, yeah. training yourself, because this is all teachable skills, right? It's not mm-hmm. about being a strong person or a good person or a whatever. This is all teachable stuff. And who is teaching you how to cope with trauma and how to show up? Mm-hmm. Is it parents? Maybe, if you're lucky. Is it school? Fuck no. Like, your midwifery training is not teaching you this stuff. And I guarantee you, 
in almost every hospital in every part of the world, there are people in leadership management roles who feel like the biggest imposters of their life because they actually don't really know how to cope with it either. Mm-hmm. And then they're teaching other people, not wanting to say, oh, I don't really know how to do this. So they just sort of, you know, mm-hmm. shuffle along. Yeah. And make yeah. do because mm-hmm. that's a big thing to be in a position of power and leadership and say, eh, I don't really know how to do this either. Yeah. 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 It's such important work. Like when you describe like how open a woman is and just the sacredness of birth um, to walk into that room, it just feels so like, I just wish we will all. And I think it will happen. We start recognizing safety isn't just, can you put a cannula in? Can you recognize this? Can you pick up the reading of whatever? It is like the way you're like processing your trauma in your spare time. And are you showing up? as a safe person for that mother. So she's not picking up on those horrible, like, you know, your art and process trauma. I mean, that came out really little, but do you know what I mean? I know like what you mean. It's, it, it's almost as safe as, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's her, not just you trying to say that you're confident and you know what you're doing, because it mm-hmm. goes back to all that, um, like in psychology and counseling and different um, professions like that, there's this thing that we talk about, like, process versus content and most people think they've got the content down so that's the things that you say oh you're doing a good job baby will be here soon that's amazing but then there's what you're doing with your face and what you're doing with your body and it doesn't matter if what you say sounds really good if there's a hint of what you're saying isn't congruent with what you actually feel in your body if you don't feel confident Mm-hmm. When you're saying to a woman, hey, you're doing a good job, if you don't actually feel that in every fibre of your being, mm-hmm. it comes out. Like the non-verbal interactions between humans in high-tense situations is it's all the unspeakable non-verbal stuff that we don't really process and don't really talk about. It's the weird niggling in your stomach that you get and then don't do anything with. It's that kind of weird frowny face. <laughs> you do and don't say well actually I'm just wondering about this and you know being honest Mm -hmm. but not scaring people and that's a dance it's a dance between like keeping your professionalism keeping your boundaries keeping all of that Mm -hmm. but I do think it's a teachable skill yeah it's not necessarily a personality trait that's Mm -hmm. like you're either cut out for this or you're not these are all very teachable do you think even the um, stuff that have been around for like 20 odd years that are known as the grumpy cats on the ward, <laughs> are they still like got hope for this type of thing? Like, are they still able to like seek out training and, you know? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Even someone like, you know, I guess because I'm a psychologist and I have to see that people yeah. are capable of change at any stage, I would still hope someone who, as you say, the old grumpy cat on their last day, you've still got something to learn. And that's a mindset thing, whether you're going into this going, I'm an expert and I know everything and there's nothing else to learn. And I'm so Mm. stuck in my own version of reality. I'm not willing to see anything else. Yeah, That's a bit different, but I guess Mm. there's always something to learn, right? There's always something to be Mm -hmm. open to, to go, oh, that's, yeah, okay. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. Nice. So for mums um, who have birth trauma or they feel like they do, what do they do? Do they go to their GP? Do they, are there like exercises? Um, like what are the, like really basically like the outline, like what would be the treatment? Like what do they do? Mm, different things for different people, but it depends on what you feel you need in the most immediate. So for mm. some people that is going to be I am, I can't sit with this. I'm just so distressed. 
your first port of call is probably a GP. Mm -hmm. And that would be sometimes doing a bit of self like advocacy and saying, this is what I think I'm experiencing. And you're either going to get a, oh yeah, cool. Okay. I can help you with that. Or like, oh yeah, right. Okay. Then I let me have a look. So this is where like someone's partner can be really useful because it's a really, really gross generalization, but like historically, gender differences in coping men or people mm -hmm. identifying as men typically like to go and do practical things, mm -hmm. research, look things up. So giving them something to do, mm -hmm. go and look up who are like perinatal psychologists in our area, mm -hmm. look up birth trauma in our area, find different GPs to talk to. So that can be something yeah. you can do. Mm -hmm. But even just in the like, no, nah, I can't even leave the house because mm -hmm. you're like, you know, <laughs> yeah. I can barely walk and that kind of stuff. Fitting mm -hmm. in, allowing so this idea of radical allowing doing the opposite of what you think your brain is telling you to do mm -hmm. so when those images words smells memories come up and your first instinct is to ah, don't think about it try and mm -hmm. shut it off mm -hmm. you know it's the it's called ironic process theory so it's okay. the if i say to you don't think about a pink elephant think about something else but don't think about a pink elephant whatever you do don't think about a pink elephant you're going to start thinking about it. If instead you go, all right, I'm going to allow it in and just sit with it without the pressure, need to move it, shift it, do anything with it, even if it's for 10 seconds, 20 mm -hmm. seconds, that is going to tell your brain, ah, oh, this is neutral information. Because what happens when you jump to like try and get rid of something, again, it's like the, um, you know, those virus scan things that pop up on your computer. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. Go away, go away, go away. Yeah. And then eventually it turns into a virus. Yeah. And my husband says to me, Why didn't you just click the thing? I'm like, I was busy. I didn't want to think about it. Yeah. I just want to know. Mm -hmm. Um the grand knowledge. Or or they're like putting files in the cabinet. I'm like, I'll just deal with that later. I'll just deal yeah. with it later. If mm -hmm. you just look at it now, mm -hmm. you don't have to enjoy it. You don't have to like do anything with it. Just sit acknowledging the discomfort it's going to get the waves smaller that's actually how to teach your brain it's what we teach for post-traumatic stress disorder mm -hmm. it's what we teach for ocd anxiety mm -hmm. it's knowing how your brain works mm -hmm. and knowing that your brain is rebellious and if you tell it not to do something mm -hmm. it will do the thing you tell it not to do just mm -hmm. as you say to your two-year-old don't stick that in your nose mm -hmm. they're going to do it so mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome the opposite. Yeah. that yeah. helps and yeah. i think actually just giving yourself some credit for what you've been through and mm -hmm. finding the strengths in it. It's not going to happen straight away. There's no time limit on this, but finding something that you think you did well, mm -hmm. finding something that you think that showed strength, that showed guts, that was really hard for me. That was a stretch for me mm -hmm. because it's not all bad. There would be things in that event, even if the event is horrific and you can't stand thinking about it and you feel like it's the biggest failure of your life. Mm -hmm. I know I've been there. There will be something that you did in that that actually gave you so much growth. And that's the thing to focus on. That is in the post-traumatic growth. The, okay, in spite of this thing that happened, mm -hmm. I've done something amazing. What yeah. is it? No matter how small and focus on that. Mm -hmm. And that's such good advice. Um, and so in our town, we have a psychologist and we've got a hospital and whatnot. And so if any staff are listening or midwives or whoever here, you offer training, don't you, for like mm. health practitioners as well like is it for everyone like obstetricians and yes so birth trauma training for birth workers the online course is for anybody who has any contact yep. <laughs> with a pregnant birthing or postpartum person because it's again remembering that 
it's the doulas, it's the hypnobirthing teacher, it's the midwife, it's the OB who is that first responder. Psychologists mm -hmm. do not go into hospitals. If someone's had a traumatic birth, nobody's on the phone giving me a call. Okay, yeah. It's the person generally who's there with you. So mm -hmm. that is why we need to train people up so they feel confident not to be an expert, not to do therapy or anything like that. A lot of this stuff is actually common sense, but common sense is often not common practice. Mm -hmm. It's teaching people some of the basics of what do you need to know, but it's also how do you be that container so you can actually feel confident when someone goes, oh, my God, this is this thing that's just happened to me. Because mm -hmm. I think what a lot of people get stuck with is the, oh, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, I don't mm -hmm. know if I'm making it worse, like what, what, what do I send them to a group, how do, what, what do I do? Mm -hmm. So this is all teachable stuff that most of us just didn't get mm -hmm. in our training and all I've done is package it up into like, well, I can actually teach you how to do this. So nice. Here it is. <laughs> Perfect. And then I've noticed too. So do you do debriefing sessions? So as like a one-off thing. So if like you have a horrendous experience, do you like offer that so you can have a session with you and like work through a particular experience? Yeah. So everything mm. I do is global now. And yeah. part of the reason that I've moved into doing coaching in addition to psychology is so I can reach more people. Mm -hmm. So as a psychologist with insurance and all that kind of stuff, you're kind of limited with online and who you can see and in what country. Mm -hmm. With coaching, it means global. So anyone in any country who's needing support, guidance, whether that's you've been through a traumatic birth yourself and you just want to like mm -hmm. nut it out or you're that birth worker going, oh, I just feel so like I don't want to go to work and I don't know what to do with this and I'm not feeling good and I don't know who to talk to. Because mm -hmm. um, sometimes the thing that happens with birth workers is there's a lot of hot air and venting mm -hmm. and it's the blind leading the blind yeah. <laughs> sometimes because mm -hmm. it's like, well, I don't really know what else to do either. And then it escalates and escalates and um the thing with trauma is when you talk about it over and over and over to other people, sometimes you just re-traumatise them. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah. you think mm -hmm. about the mother's group where someone's like, well, let me tell you. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. there's, it's amazing that you want to share, but you actually never know if your sharing is encroaching on someone else's ability to cope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a, yeah. it's a thing that we just don't, we don't put our stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's been, it's been such a great chat with you. Thank you so much for all this information. And I'm sure heaps of people here will get a lot out of all of this. Mm, so thank it's you. so important. So mm -hmm. I'm happy. I'm more than happy to like, just, you know, speak my passion. Yeah. And your podcast is awesome. I find I can binge on podcasts easy, but with yours, I can only do like one. And then it's so potent <laughs> that I'm like, have to like think on it and sit on so much information. It's it's awesome though. I just love it. So yeah, you don't want to be binging on trauma. Like no, <laughs> <laughs> it's like heavy work, I guess. So yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, needing time to actually let it sit, mm. process, shift mm -hmm. things through body, go for a walk. Like, yeah, nobody should be doing this day in, day out. Yeah. Cause you do get really removed yeah. and mm -hmm. complacent about it. So it is really important to check in and go, Oh, actually, how do I feel about that? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, nice. Thank you so much. Pleasure. So good.